0: WA's elite athletes on the podium.
1: Joining us now is someone who knows just a bit about how intense the Olympics can be. She was the youngest rower for Australia in 2012, and in Rio had just 10 days to train for the Olympics after getting a last-minute call-up. WA rowing superstar Alexandra Hayden. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hi. How you going?
1: Oh, doing fantastic. Uh, I bet you're pretty stoked right now at what we've seen in Tokyo today.
2: An absolutely epic morning for um, yeah our sport this morning. Um, obviously, a few, a few of my best mates are in the boat that uh, managed to get over the line first. Pretty epic for women's four to come back in and for us to be on top and then to be followed by the men. I suppose, you know, the awesome foursome is pretty cool. Um, and then also to follow on with two bronzes in both the men's and women's quad. We've had, yeah, a really epic morning of sport.
0: So, Alexandra... Talk us through what this means for the women. And, and you said you're your mates with a few of the few of the athletes there. What would their reaction be? How would they be feeling right now? Can you put yourselves in their, yourself in their shoes for a moment or two?
2: Um, having two of them be some of my, two of my closest mates. I know how hard it has been through the last year and a half. Um, I have ridden some of the ups and downs with them um, and also have been in the sport for 15 years myself. I understand how much it takes to get on that stage, let alone be up the top. Um, it has, yeah, it's been a journey for them. Um, I don't know if anyone's watched it live, um, but they were obviously extremely emotional at the end of it. Uh, and then two of them were, re- were racing again um, this afternoon. So, yeah, it's been epic for them. Um, it's obviously a huge journey to get there. And then this one, obviously, a bit strange compared to other Olympiads um, with COVID, uh, but they've been able to pull it off, which is so exciting. Mm.
1: And how do you think that the delays and storm warnings uh, might have infected the, affected the mindsets of the athletes? Obviously not that much. It looked like they did pretty well.
2: Uh, I think you you obviously race in all sorts of stuff throughout your career. Uh, they knew that a typhoon was um, potentially incoming. I mean, you I, like I can tell with having been in rowing for so long that the water looks nothing short of absolutely rubbish um right now <laughs> um so i mean kudos to them you can there was other races that pe- like there was a crew that actually fell out a few races after them um there's been a fair few crabs uh, a crab is when you get your oar stuck in the water um so yeah it's obviously throwing people off even at the top level um but yeah i suppose more kudos um that you can come out on top and stay composed um, of water I suppose more so for the women's um, women's quad who were in an outside lane and not a favourite at all to come through um, and get the bronze it was pretty exciting
0: Uh, Speaking to Alexandra Hagen on Let's Go Tokyo We'll talk about your journey in just a minute But I did uh, preface talking about the the women's uh, victory in the Coxless Four And the fact that it's been a bit strange The fact that this made a one-time appearance in 1992 This specific element of rowing It's been 30 years in the making that we've got back there to this position How and why are are we wondering why this hasn't been part of the Olympic calendar On a more regular basis?
2: yeah it's quite fascinating considering the men's four is such an elite event and then to not have the women's four um on that you know in that event and on the olympic stage um i mean i'm not going to pull it apart it is what it is um it's cool that it's on the olympic stage now um and there's just i mean we've grabbed the opportunity with both hands and Both of our fours have won, so, I mean, long live the awesome (laughs) fours.
1: Pretty cool. (laughs) Now, can you take us through your own rowing journey? Your last Olympics was unexpected, to say the least. How did it feel when you got that call-up? And take us through the experience of of actually being in Olympic Games.
2: Um, So, I've been to two Olympic Games. I went to the 2012 London Olympics and then the Olympics that followed in Rio. Um, originally we, so when you qualify, um, for an Olympic games, the qualification regatta is the year before. Um, and if you don't qualify in the year before, there's a regatta called the last Olympic qualification regatta in 2012, we went to that regatta, um, and we won that regatta. The first two placings in the women's eight means a ticket to the Olympic games and third onwards is a ticket home. So in London, we won that regatta. Um, that means we had like six weeks of preparation. We stayed over um, in Europe and trained there until we went into London. Um, and that was obviously very exciting. We made the A final. Um, that was my, I was a scholar before that. So I rode with two oars um, and that was my first senior team and my first Olympic team and my first sweep team. So I'd changed from two oars to one oar. Um, Obviously, that was a really cool journey. I was 21. Um, I didn't drink an ounce of alcohol at my 21st. So I went to Olympic qualification um, the next day. I flew into Sydney for that. So that was a journey in itself. I wouldn't change any of it um, at all. I was based in Sydney before we went over to that regatta, then like won the last Olympic qualification regatta to then go on to the Games. Um, and then come a four years later from um, London, we ended up at that same regatta, the last Olympic qualification regatta in the Olympic year, um, and we we got third in that um, regatta, so that meant a ticket home. Um, then there was all there was all that hoo-ha about the Russians um, and drug cheating, uh, and then yeah. So nine days before the Olympic games started, we had a phone call with our CEO. Um, the phone call kept getting delayed and delayed and. I actually happened to be at the pub at the time. And I was like, oh, no chance we're going. Like, it's nine days to the Games. Like, it just pos- like, it just is impossible. So, I was like, you know, going about my life. I was fit, thankfully, still. Um, anyway, yeah, we got the – like, he dialed in on the call, the CEO, and his opening words were, packy bags, ladies, you're going to the Olympic Games. Um, so, yeah, we had nine days of preparation to get everyone – um, into Victoria, we trained out of one of the schools um, in Victoria, and then our coach was actually based in the UK. So someone looked after us in Australia before um, we flew in, and we flew in over the opening ceremony um, into Rio. So, I mean, that was a comp- you know a different journey. Um, one, I mean, I wouldn't mind being on the Olympic stage and being prepared and have a <laughs> an ideal and an ideal lead up into an Olympic Games, but then again. It's made me the person I am. It's been an awesome journey. I wouldn't change any of it. It makes you resilient. Yeah, it was a good time. Obviously, there's hard times amongst that, but that's what makes you a stronger athlete and a stronger person.
0: Albeit that second Olympic appearance came under bizarre circumstances. Ordinarily, I mean, if you go through, say, London, and it was an amazing experience for most people in London in 2012... Second time at Olympic Games uh, be it yourself or, or others. Uh, how much do you, do you learn from just being on the big stage for the first time and knowing the pressures, the expectations, all that goes with being an Olympian the second time?
2: Um, I, you know when we went on to like this you know the second games in Rio I was probably one of the most experienced in my boat fortunately but it was just such di- different circumstances like we were complete underdogs. we weren't expected to do very well. Obviously we didn't do that well um i don't don't mean that negatively Mm. at all we took the opportunity we had with both hands but you know you don't want to be negative but on one hand the russians have taken six weeks of training away from us um and then you find out nine days before and you're kind of chasing your tail to get fit to be on the olympic stage um but i always went in i like i went into every race you know not being negative going like wow what an opportunity i'm not going to turn this one down it's pretty epic. We know that Australia loves an underdog. Um, we know we had the support from around, you know, our country for us. Um, but yeah, like I said, they were two very completely different, um, experiences. Um, and yeah, as much as, you know, I had one Olympic games underneath my belt, there's no two Olympic games that are the same. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. I, I really enjoyed it, um, and it's really kind of nice sitting on the other side of the boat now. Uh, I do coach rowing, um, but also, like, sitting here watching teammates race that I know, and I know what they've been through to get there,
1: so... So now, now you're the one with the whistle in your mouth, inflicting the pain on uh, other (laughs) other young rowers. Can you give us an idea of that sort of pain? Like, what is the physical endurance required that last 500 metres when you're pulling as hard as you can to get across the finish line? Like, what is your body feeling in that moment?
2: Um, I suppose by that stage, you're running on adrenaline. and fitness, uh, rowing is one of the toughest sports you can do. Uh, obviously, you do an in- incredible amount of training and kilometres to be able to put yourself through that. Um, you know, it's probably 40Ks a day. You train three times a day, six to seven days a week for years and years on end to be able to do that to yourself. So there's not really one thing I'd be able to, scri- to describe Um But, I mean, I love the chase. Um, I love the last 500. Um, That's probably my forte in the world of racing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's a tough sport, but equally it's incredibly rewarding as well.
0: Absolutely. Now, we were talking just before we grabbed you Alexandra for a chat was the 1996 awesome foursome and the men and and they I hate to talk commercially but what they achieved of course on the water but also afterwards and some of the commercial uh, marketing opportunities they received this isn't your area but I'm sure you hope that these gold medalists be they men or women have just picked up gold today might similarly have some chances come their way when they return home
2: well, having the fact Rowing's just had a ripper day, I'd say we might be getting a little bit more television time next Olympiad, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is exciting. But Nick Green was um, commentating on the um, yep. on the TV, and then um, James Tomskin was actually handing out the medals over there because he's um, a part of the Olympic Committee. So, I mean, it's so cool that they can be there and hand over the reins I suppose of the awesome foursome to the new guys and the new girls um, winning that event so I think you know it's a legacy that will live on um, and we've done really well to win both of them today.
1: Yeah, Goldburn, if you're out there listening, we've got some new rowers who can say, Peaches, mango, peaches. <laughs> so <yeah. laughs>
0: open, up, open up the checkbook. Alexander's too young to remember all that. Doric. I don't think you'd remember that, Alexander. You're too young.
2: No, I do. I, no, I am too young for it, but I remember it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so how do, you, how do you think the experience is going to be at the, at the Olympics with COVID hanging over everything? The experience in the athletes' village is going to be so different. How do you think they're getting their heads around that?
2: I think... Obviously, I, I've been at the last two um, and, I, you know, well, I mean, there's plenty of stories that go around the partying. That is a very big part, and a good amount of fun. That goes with after racing when you can let your hair down after being, you know, so highly strung for so long. Um, and I've spoken to a few of them in the village. They don't seem to be not having fun. So, I mean, it's they've just taken whatever they can. Um, and they all seem to be smiling and enjoying it. Um, I know that they do have to fly out 48 hours after racing finishes and straight into quarantine. So it's a completely different kettle of fish, um, this Olympiad, but I don't think it's really upset them too much, clearly, by how well we've done. So um, I know a few of them are coming back into Victoria, so there'll be some wild times when, I mean, (laughs) and I'm based in Victoria now, but um, there'll be some pretty wild times when they all come home, which is exciting, and I think they're looking forward to that.
0: Wild times, just getting out of lockdown for the Victorians, and then, then hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully sneaking a slab Don't into a quor- <laughs> the wall, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe sneak, sneaking a slab into the 14 days quarantine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's bizarre times over there uh, on the east coast.
1: And so, Alexandra, yeah. we're, g-
0: we're going to let you go, but before
1: we do, can you let us know how do you think you- Australia is going to do for the rest of the games? Cast your uh, your prognostication hat across the rest of the Olympics. A bit of crystal balling.
2: Um, I think. I mean, going by how we've started, it's been absolutely ripper. So, I mean, I'm always on the verge of positivity. I reckon we've <laughs> we've set ourselves we've set ourselves up really well for a really successful Olympic Games. And if the last few days and the amount of medals that we've cleaned up is is not a sign, then nothing would be. So, go Aussies.
1: Yep, rowing champion Alexandra Hagen. I think you won't get any argument from anybody here in Australia. Thanks for joining us today on Let's Go Tokyo. Thank you. And mate. How great was that?
0: Oh, the timing. Uh, Now, we think our our producer, Kate, has got uh, some ability, in fact, a lot of ability, but the fact that she was able to forecast two gold medals in the water in rowing and have Alexandra teed up ready to go this morning... You yeah. can't ask more from a producer than that.
1: Exactly. You <laughs> might have to look at the uh, markets on some of the <laughs> other events going and place a little bet. Now, let's take a look at the medal tally because those five medals Australia won in an hour today have caused us to climb up the medal tally a little bit. We're now in fifth spot with six gold, one silver and seven bronze. Japan has retaken top spot over China this morning. They've got 11 gold, four silver and five bronze. China in second spot and then the US rounding out the top three.